had vodka. I have. That's that's. I, I also started to try and be better today. Yeah. And I didn't eat the, all the food that was from delivery. Great. And stuff my entire face, but I did have two apples and a fuckload of peanut butter before you got here. Okay. Which isn't great, but better than getting like you know a three piece fried pizza. chicken and pizza or, and right. all that stuff. Yeah. Plus, after you guys leave, I have to go grocery shopping, which means I have to go through Trader Joe's, and hopefully their shelves aren't empty. I now just... we're recording, so now they get to hear me complaining. I was just I there yesterday. Was the? Did they have stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they right. were. To- they were like have... fully stocked. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. Good, good. No, they had. They were putting stuff out as I was there. Okay. Fantastic. Delightful. So well, you are good. Welcome to Ghosts and Hoes. Ghosts and Hoes. Ghosts and Hoes, paranormal podcast where we talk about all things spoopy, mm-hmm. cryptids, yeah, murder most foul, yes, motherfucking aliens, motherfucking witchcraft, sometimes weird shit, oh, definitely, and every now and then, dicks. Every now and then, dicks. Every now and then, dicks. Apparently, groceries too. And groceries today. I mean, grocery shopping is one of my favorite things to do on the planet. Uh, it's I also love something it. that we talk about. We talk about going to Trader Joe's. We, we do. talk about food. I love the Trader Joe's. We Joe. love food. I, I'm a big fan of that place. Yeah. Do you, like uh, it a lot? do you like shrimp? I am a fan of shrimp. They have shrimp burgers that I tried. Uh-huh. Actually, pretty good. Okay. I made it in the air fryer. Yeah, I All saw right. that, and I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more partial to making just big batches of chili because it's easy to just scoop into a bowl and microwave. Yeah. I made this chili I made now. I didn't have enough taco seasoning. Okay. So I just added stuff, including like steak sauce. Mm. That was a bad idea. Oh. Ah. Steaky chili is not the right flavor for chili. Not, not, not the business. And then I used like a rosemary thyme marinated steak instead of my normal chicken because Trader Joe's was out of everything. And Terrasante. And again, too not much. Great. Sounds like too much flavor. It's just it's it's, it's all steak much. flavor. It's like I'm eating steak in a bowl of steak sauce. Right. That sounds like, like too much. Yeah. No. I don't like it. No. So I'm just slogging through. No, I will send you uh, I've got a really good recipe for a white bean chicken chili. Try not to do beans. Oh, uh, well then Cuz they're okay. inflammatory. And they make you toot. Yeah, I'm trying not to Anywho, I am not entertaining today, guys. <laughs> it's that's fine. I I've had vodka, so I'm pretty sure I can. Okay. I'm going to be entertaining for all of us. All right. It's been a minute, and it was necessary, necessary, N- necessary, necessary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do we have any backhoes? Um, let me get my thing. I was get check your trapper keeper. The thing. It's in there. She's got a trap or keeper. It's like a personality test on the other side of that folder. That? It looks like a. It looks like a. A litmus test. Or is that just a bunch of acid? Is that just unseparated acid? It does look like a sheet of LSD. Yeah. Why is it a thing with so many holes? That's just. How oh, it is that just the pocket? Yeah. Oh. oh. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> It is literally a pocket. I love that that's where our brains went. Like, just (laughs) a sheet of acid. Uh, Nope, it's a pocket. It is. That looks like a sheet of LSD. Fine. I also thought it looked like an answer sheet for uh, the. Elementary school standardized test. Oh tests. my god, with the bubbles. Yeah, the with scantron. All the bubbles. Well, no, scantron's a little strip. Yeah, but it's got the little bubbles on it. Does, it. Yeah, god, I love bubbles. those. 
Anyway, what am I saying? No, I didn't. I hated school. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> go on. Uh, I stressed out like if you went outside, if I went outside the bubble. Oh yeah, with same. my number oh, two yeah, pencil, same. it had to be a number two. Yeah, it had to yeah. be number two. And I'm like, well, how many fucking numbered pencils are there? Apparently, it's a lot. There are, yeah. Why? Artists do because it, it's grading and shading and everything in between. Too many numbers for pencils. Do go on. <laughs> Um, so we're recording this on Betty White's birthday. Oh, Would have been her one hundredth birthday. I keep going to the store and seeing like all these magazines that were put out before she died. I blame People Magazine for about putting her a curse on her, approaching one hundred. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. But then, like, I saw. I, I don't know if it was you that posted it, but like a bunch of magazines that put out the magazine as if she were a hundred. I'm like, guys, what did what? Did you not, what happened? Pull that and go with another story. What the fuck? Right? They're just like, you know what? No, it's too late. I'm like, you guys are so, why? Betty White turns 100. Yeah, she She didn't, though. though. (laughs) She didn't. She almost did, but she didn't. She lived through a lot of leap years, so we're counting it. She made it. Love that. Yeah, but that. She made it, god damn it. She made it to 100. But the math. She made it. To a hundred. She made it (laughs) to a hundred. That's not how math works. We're leaving it at that. (laughs) She made it to one hundred. Leap years take away days. She made it to one hundred. Leap years don't add days. She made it to one hundred. If anything, she made it to less than a hundred. No. I love Betty White, but that is not how math works. We don't like math here. <laughs> we don't do. do math in this good Christian <laughs> home. Math can eat every single fetid dick in the history. And my ass. All yeah, math can eat every side of my ass. All of, all it. of it. All sides. Which, which you got over there? Which, yeah, which, which you're scrolling through? Well, I'm What's sending happening? an email. Oh, good. Oh, good. Great. Uh, it is related to this podcast. Okay. So. Delightful. There's that. Oh, good. Um, because business. I said I would send it. Business. It's business. It's business time. <sighs> the only backhoe I have, aside from that, is that the Justice Department has officially closed Emmett Till's case within the last couple of months. Oh. Uh, and they said that they couldn't prove that Carolyn Bryant lied to investigators. Which, mm. uh, I might agree to disagree with you on that one, but okay, Justice Department, is if you she insist. dead? No, she's How old not. Is she? As Isn't dirt. She like 90s? As dirt yeah. is how old she is. Um, so she should spend the rest of her miserable life rotting in prison, but she won't. But, on the other side of that coin, Senate just passed a bill that was introduced. Uh, by Cory Booker in 2020, uh, which posthumously awards both Emmett Till and Mamie Till Mobley the Congressional Gold Medal, which is the highest civilian honor that Congress can award. Love that. So there is that, which is nice. But yes, that's all I have. I do have some things, though. Oh, I hear crinkling. I do, too. Yeah, yeah. What is that? Um, tell me... Aside from the ASMR. What flavors? Tell me why... So there's black cherry, blue raspberry, watermelon, and apple. Are you know what I'm going to say? I knew you were going to say watermelon. Of course so. I am. 
Which one do you want? I don't care. Surprise me. Okay. Are these warheads? Similar. Okay. Um, here. My mom... Throw it to me. Whichever Toxic one, whichever one you catch waste. is the one you eat. Uh, my mom brought them because she saw a TikTok where it's supposed to help with, like, if you're having an anxiety or a panic attack, you eat one of these and it's so fucking sour that it takes your mind off of whatever's happening. So, are you going to do one too, or is I, it just for him and I? I already have. Okay. Oh, so they don't and they don't get to experience your pain. Oh no, there's a video of it already. Okay. I just haven't posted it yet. I was waiting. All right. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, hold on. I, I what will, flavor did you do? I uh blue raspberry. Excellent I tend choice. to go with the blue warheads. I mean, yeah, cuz normally that would have been my first choice, but if watermelon is a choice, it's You're always watermelon. watermelon. Yeah. Okay, are we ready? It's called toxic waste. It is. I imagine it's probably pretty similar to And a 1 sour. and Whoa. a 2 and a 3. Mm. <laughs> wow. Fuck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it doesn't stop. No. You look unfazed. I am. <laughs> Some weak-ass buster shit. It's almost bitter. Yeah. I'm already almost through to the sweet. Mm-hmm. This is... Wow, it's so disappointing. Uh, yeah, yeah. It got me. It got me good. I'm, I'm to the sweet now. That actually made my eyes water. Wow, that was... Maybe I just got a bad one. That was like... That was really disappointing. Yeah, It was the, so sour, it was bitter. Yeah, the black cherry one was... Ooh, well. um, I chew through this one, do another one. There you go. There's also lemon, but I didn't bring that one because it's gross. Lemon flavored. Lemon flavored anything. Yeah. And That's, if you do like lemon flavored things, who are you? I who hurt you? Why do you like to? Why do you like the taste of pine salt? But then again, I mean, I can't. Okay, really but what's talk. worse, orange flavored things or lemon? Lemon. Mm, yeah. Lemon. Lemon. And yeah. Yeah. I don't All like right. citrus candy. I don't like citrus flavored <clears throat> things. I like lemon heads. Yeah. Lemon heads are great. All right. Like the old for... school lemon heads covered in the sugar. <gasps> All right, I'm going for black cherry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I also don't really eat sour candy ever, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. It got me. It got me. Yeah. He's a machine. He's a monster. Mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm. savage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it was. It was, yeah. it was hella sour to the point where it was bitter. Yeah. And then once like, I got through Whoa. to the sweet, I was good. Yeah. Now it's just sweet. Well, to those who make toxic waste, <laughs> uh, do better. Do better. <laughs> I say that was. That was uh, plenty sour for me. Warheads has your fucking number. Plenty sour Fair. for me. Um, also, mm. I almost bought something when I went to the Asian supermarket recently, but I thought I would give a choice. Oh, God. Beforehand. Do you want to try durian flavored something mm. or fresh durian? Fresh durian. I've never had durian. It is. The answer is fresh durian. Okay. Fresh durian. And this is a conversation that I had with Mr. Josh motherfucking Gates. Yeah. The whole plan was to go to Thailand and eat fresh durian with ladyboys, but oh no. Somebody got too busy with their TV fucking shows. Yeah. It. Is it. I have heard very gross things. It smells mm-hmm. 
horrific. Okay. Here's the thing. Anthony Bourdain uh-huh. loved durian. Okay. Andrew Zimmern absolutely cannot. He cannot even, I, and I've seen him several times, try to put it in his mouth. It comes right back out. So here's... Rotting onion and flesh, I think, is what it's been It smells like... Likened to. You discover a corpse that died eating raw onions on a hot summer day in a garbage dump, and the corpse died farting. Okay, so I am... But it's supposed to taste different than it smells. Yeah. I am not only opting for, but I am not allowing fresh durian. (laughs) And the reason is, is because that shit is going to stick to all of the cloth I have all over these walls, and I will have to continue to smell it after you leave. I mean, that I, is well, you fair. Know what, sometimes am, you're not cracking I it am open, though. Real sensitive to smell, especially when it's bad. Like there's, there's a uh, pock pock mm-hmm. has this fish sauce wings yeah. that my friend brought. Oh, I to, love them. My friend so brought good. them to my other friend's house. I know how good they are, and I couldn't eat them. I couldn't even be in the house with them because they smelled so fucking bad. And that's the thing about fish sauce; it smells horrible, but it tastes good. And, and I, I assume that. durian is the same. I mean, it smells awful, but tastes good. That's something that some people will tell you. There's also the option for the durian shake, which is contained in a container, but it's made with fresh durian. I I would rather have something that is flavored so I don't have to worry about the smell in here because I have to work in here 40 hours a week. That is fair. It so is. contained durian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, was, what the, was that the other option or was there like a durian chip? Oh no, they have durian flavored many things. Okay. So that was the option I just wanted. Well, that was all on you. You said you didn't even like them. I said that warheads were better. Fair. He's eating all the sour candies. I'm going with the apple. Let's see. Jesus Are Christ. you though? <laughs> The apple doesn't look like it wants to be tried. The apple doesn't like you. It's jumped out of his hand twice. And how's that one? This one's okay. That one a little bit more sour? A little. What's the next flavor of you eat? I'm done. That's it. Got it. Fair. There are five flavors, but I refuse to bring lemon. Lemon's dumb. Nobody wants that. Nobody does. Nobody wants that. Okay. Well, who goes first? I do. Well, let's fucking do this then. I do. So today's is a shorty because my mom was here. Short McGort. My mom. Mine is nay. So it balances out. It does. It does. We tend to do that. Sometimes. Yeah. We don't even plan it that way. <laughs> yes. Real quick, before we yep. get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Companies that make apple flavored stuff. Yes. Have they never tasted apples? Have they never tasted anything that's not a Granny Smith apple? <laughs> no. Every single fucking one is a Granny Smith flavored thing. Yeah, but would you want a red delicious flavored candy? I would take a Honeycrisp. I would take a Pink Lady. I would take a Cosmic. I would take a uh, Brainer. Brayburn? Brayburn. I would take literally, there are... Pink Ladies and Honeycrisp are my favorite. There are hundreds of different varieties of apple. And they stick with the two worst ones. All of the time. I mean, I don't like apples, so I don't care. Honeycrisp is incredible. You need to get your shit together. I don't like apples. You're wrong. No. I would take <laughs> green, I would take any green apple over a pear, though. Pears are gross. Pears are just sand. Yeah, I don't like them. That's fair. I don't like them. If there's a recipe that's like, and then you use a pear, I'm like, mm, no. I, I, will I not, don't. I won't be doing that. <laughs> 
if I must, I'm going to use a green apple instead. Because guess what? Not only does it taste better, but it doesn't feel like I have a mouthful of wet sand. Mm -hmm. People are always like, oh, you just have to try different pears because they're not all like that. I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to. I don't want to. Wow. Because guess what? I also don't like the way pears taste. Fair enough. The only pear-flavored thing that I like is pear jelly beans. Do you like apple pie? I don't really like pie. Who the fuck is this person? We've had this conversation. I I know, and I just don't See, I like pie more than cake. Well, yeah, everybody should. No. (laughs) I will take cake. Because no pie will ever be as good as the pie that my great-grandma made, so I just don't bother. What kind Uh, of pie was it? Any pie. She was amazing at baking. Like, she did everything from scratch. I've been. It's the thing where you just get spoiled by something and then you're like, I I don't want to try anything else. I'm going to make you a pie. Okay. Because I also make them from scratch. I believe you. I like pie. I don't dislike pie. It's just. You've had my pie. Uh, Yes. My pie is great. Yes, that pumpkin pie was bomb. I believe you. I just. And I don't like pumpkin pie. You don't like pumpkin pie. I normally don't either, but my pumpkin pie is fucking amazing. I believe it. I just meh. I'm meh on pie. You're. She's mm. the pie meh. Pie meh. <laughs> meh to pie. Yeah. What, should, what, should, what do you have? Read your fucking story. <laughs> do the thing. I will. She also <laughs> shut down a movie recommendation I gave her earlier today. I'm sure it's a wonderful movie. It what just movie? did not look like something that I would be Catch me if you can. entertained by. Oh, it was a great movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah. I'm great sure fucking it movie. is. It's just, I'm like, she'll never watch no. it. I didn't say I would never watch it. Mm. I just said that mm. it didn't seem like something I would watch. Mm. Like, could I watch it someday? Maybe. But I'm just like... Mm. We don't know what that means. The, the the title of the movie is talking to my attention span. Catch me if you can. Okay. My attention span says, you have to work for it, and I don't want to work that hard to watch a movie. It's really good. I believe it. Okay, good. I just... It's not for me. That's fair. Not for me. Okay. I mean, the story is cool. Yeah, great. I knew the story before I watched the movie, so I was like... Mm. I'm good. I know what happens. Okay. Do your thing, chicken wing. So. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Mine's eight pages of my font. And if it were in a normal size font, it would be six pages, maybe? Probably five. (laughs) But, oh, whatever. Oh, let me get my glasses. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. So, I was having a conversation a while back where someone mentioned... A haunted location in their teeny tiny town of like 700 people. Ooh, I love that. Uh, and this was in the BA, or before Adderall days. So I looked it up and forgot about it almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then fast forward a couple months, my brain was like, hey, bitch, remember that conversation you had? Well, uh, now you can't remember the name of the place, but you're not going to be able to stop thinking about it. So good night. So I scrolled through months worth of a chat. <laughs> To find the name of this place, because I was like, oh, that place sounded really fucking cool, and I want to learn more about it. Uh, or, you know, relearn what I had forgotten from when I already looked it up and yes. forgot it months ago. So with that, I'm going to tell you all about the Haunted Woodlock Cemetery, a.k.a. The Witch's Graveyard. Ooh, I do love that. Mm-hmm. So... Patrick David Woodlock was born in County Tipperary, Ireland in 1840. 
When he was 16, he immigrated to the United States with the hopes of becoming a Catholic priest. Those dreams fell to the wayside, however, when he met the enchanting Henrietta Permelia Dawson. I if just... your middle name's Permelia, yeah. you're enchanting. Exactly. And that's why I had to include her middle name because you it's it's like an Adams family name. Yes. So yes. I was like, we need we we need more Permelias these days. Right. It's Morticia, a great, Permelia, great Adams. name. Like I get that. Great name. So the pair were absolutely smitten with each other and were married on March 21st, 1877. That is my daughter's birthday. It is. 1887. But 1877. 77. Uh, they lived in St. James, Missouri for a couple years and eventually moved to Davisville. Uh, to quote one site that I was researching upon. <laughs> so good. Davisville is located on the headwaters of Huzzah Creek. Huzzah! Between <laughs> Rock Branch and Possum Trot Hollow. <laughs> Huzzah to the Possum Trot! Huzzah Creek and Possum Trot Hollow. That's it's just amazing. So though. fucking good. So, Davisville is affectionately called Pucky Huddle by some, which was a nickname that was allegedly coined by Patrick Woodlock himself. Uh, why? Well,. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, there was a mischievous little elf or sprite called a pucka in his native Ireland, and derivatives of its name were used to describe anything, quote-unquote, uncanny or devilish, infernal, or wicked. Okay. Uh, The town gained the nickname from Patrick due to the shenanigans at the local saloon. Ooh, I love lots of saloon shenanigans. Lots of gambling, lots of drinking, lots of fist fights. And whoring. Pucky huddle. Uh, whoring. Uh, yes. So, any hoops, saloon shenanigans aside, Henrietta's father, William, had built them a homestead and a whole ass mill in Davisville. So they moved there, and Patrick ran the mill. Love it. And not long after they'd moved in, they built a fairly large addition to the property, which became Woodlock Resort, which Henrietta ran quite successfully. Uh, and the Woodlock Resort was also the Ozarks' very first summer resort. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the Woodlocks would go on to have nine children. Of course. Uh, Louisa, Josephine, May, Theodosia, or Dosie. Love which it. Which is another wonderful name. Lillian, William, Clara, Anna, Pearl, and Eugene, who went by Jean. Uh, William sadly passed away around a year old. And Clara would go on to become a writer and poet, or as she referred to herself, a flea-bitten poet. Uh, And I was actually able to find one tiny entry that she'd written. Uh, It's a little prayer that goes like this. Lord, make my words of worthwhile stuff, and nudge me when I've said enough. I was like, (laughs) I love that so much. That is the fucking best way to go, Clara. So, Patrick and Henrietta were well-liked in the community, and they ran the mill and resort until 1903, when Patrick's health started to deteriorate, and he needed to slow down a little bit. Uh, Once he'd retired, he apparently authored a math book called Mathematical Discoveries. Mathematical or Mathematical Discoveries. I heard mathematical, and then I had questions, but No, Mathematical Discoveries. Uh, Sometime in the next... Who likes math that much? Apparently, Patrick Woodlock did. Huh. Uh, so in the, sometime in the 1930s, Postmaster Walter Davis left some brief historical notes on a piece of paper and hid them in a book, or most likely put them there and forgot about it. 
the note briefly detailed some history of the mill, including a quick blurb about the woodlocks and said mill, saying in 1876, a flood came and washed the Boyer mill away. Later, another, another mill was built by William Dawson and was run by P.D. Woodlock. A few years before Mr. Woodlock died, another flood came and this mill washed away and it was never rebuilt. Uh, Patrick Woodlock died in February 1918 from spinal cerebral sclerosis, uh, which is believed to be a type of MS, okay. uh, according to findagrave.com. Henrietta would run the resort until her death in 1930. Uh, Jean Woodlock returned to Davisville to take over the family business and wrote a poem titled Memories of Childhood about the event of moving back. One verse reads, So I left the big cities with all their bright lights and came to a place where I can now sleep of nights. The jungles to some are a very much dread, but to me they are different. I like them instead. Wow. A very poetic family. Very. So the resort burned down in 1936. There once was a girl from Nantucket. Yep. Uh, the resort burned down in 1936. The property was sold off, uh, changing hands a few times over the years. And while the resort and mill were gone, one thing remained on the property, the Woodlock Family Cemetery. So the cemetery sits on a hilltop surrounded by trees and at this point is overgrown with brambles and vines. To access the graves, you have to climb a stone staircase which we should all have some reservations about after the story I shared. But at least we know where these ones lead, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, according to local lore, if you count the number of steps going up, you'll get a different number on the way back down. It's never the same. That's weird. Very weird. Uh, some people explain it away, saying that some of the steps are pretty big while others are smaller, so it could be pretty easy to miscount if you've got a larger stride. Sure. Still fucking weird. Something else that struck visitors as odd? The headstones seem to be laid out in an oval facing each other. Uh, apparently this was traditional in family burial plots, and in the case of the Woodlock family, the children are all buried surrounding their parents. Okay. Uh, the Woodlock family graves are also separated from the rest of the cemetery's inhabitants, which I don't think there are many, by a low stone wall. And one lone grave outside of the circle is the oldest in the cemetery, dating back to the Spanish-American War. Okay. However, some of the other graves in Woodlock have long been speculated as belonging to witches. Why? So, on one headstone is a carved pentagram, and it said that other witches and or practitioners of the darker sorts will sneak into the cemetery on the night of a full moon, light a candle on her grave, and practice their dark rituals. As you do, animal sacrifice and sure. whatnot. whatnot. Um, that grave, in particular, belongs to Theodosia Woodlock. Oh. And some locals are quick to point out that the pentagram on her headstone is actually the Eastern Star, which is a symbol used by the Freemasons uh, as a symbol for the sisterhood of women involved in the Freemasons. Okay. So, sure. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, we always love a logical explanation. I wonder if the rumors of rich witchcraft have maybe led to a tulpa kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So for anyone needing a refresher, that's basically thought, um, it's basically thought that if enough people believe in a thing hard enough, like the lady in white, it becomes real. So if enough people are like, there are witches buried in that cemetery, witchcraft right. will be drawn there. 
Um, there are also mul also multiple reports from people who have visited the cemetery who claim to have found candle remnants on the top of some of the headstones. So somebody going up, lighting a candle, letting it burn down, leaving mm -hmm. it there. Uh, there are also claims that some of the graves uh, belong to witches that were buried alive. Oh, no. And their graves have little pipes that were suspected to have been breathing tubes attached to them. Uh, one user on one of the sites that I was looking at shared... Uh, this is their, their quote. I've been there several times, and at one time there was a pipe coming up from a grave. I pushed a stick in it, and it only went down about five inches. So I was like, yeah, some funny joke. That was until smoke started rising up from it. There was no explanation as to why the smoke would come up. Oh. Weird. That is weird. Weird. Like, that's real weird. Real weird. Like, I could see there maybe being, like, some little, like, random irrigation pipes or something. But why would they only go down five inches, and why is there smoke coming out of them? I have questions. I have questions, too. I have questions. So, some folks assume the cemetery is full of witches because of the word carved into the entranceway arch. Uh, the word, Mizpah. It's Hebrew for watchtower, and is also referenced in the Bible's story of Jacob and Laban. So throughout the years, the word has come to mean the emotional bond between people who are separated, whether by physical distance or by death. Okay. Um, it's also referenced in Genesis 31:49 and reads, And it was called Mizpah, for he said, The Lord watch between me and thee when we are absent from one another. Uh, it's also fairly common to see the word in cemeteries, either carved into headstones or entryways. Okay. So this is a place where... We are still connected, though separated. Uh, in addition to the strange pipes, visitors to the cemetery have reported feeling extreme temperature changes while wandering through the headstones. In certain places, the temperature will drop to near freezing, while it's otherwise a nice day outside. Other people say that a sudden cold breeze will blow through, even if it's calm or a non-windy day. Um, at the entrance to the cemetery, there's a stone archway at the base of the steps that reportedly has water pooled at the base, even when there aren't, uh, or when there hasn't been any rain. And so there hasn't been enough water to create puddles. Uh, skeptics and the USGS, aka United States Geological Survey, report that a natural spring running through the area um, there's a natural spring running through the area, and a portion of the underground spring flows past the cemetery entrance. And depending on the level of the water table at the time, it could cause water to seep through and account for the pooling. But also, sure. tons of people have been like, yeah, there was no rain and I got there and it was like a lake. Hmm. Just, and it was a drought. There's just so much water there. I'm like, hmm, hmm, weird. Super weird. Weird. <clears throat> Multiple visitors have also reported uh, the feeling in the cemetery is being heavy in certain areas and that they felt uneasy all over. Oof. Just real creepy feelings. Uh, an equal number of people say that if you feel like you're being watched as you walk through, you probably are. Um, some people have reported seeing eyes staring at them from the trees. Oh no, thank you. And one commenter named JD claims to have seen or claims to have video of faces peeking out at them from a red mist at the edge of the trees. Oh, I would love to see that. That they didn't see with their eyes until they looked back at pictures. Right. Um, 
Paranormal investigators that have gone to the cemetery to poke around say that their equipment shuts off or stops recording within minutes of setting up. Uh, one person said that their friend's recorder sounded like it fast-forwarded for like five seconds Ooh, that's before a good one. it shut off completely, and they'd only been there for about ten minutes. The batteries were, of course, brand new, and they said that the recorder started working just fine once they were out of the cemetery. Ooh. She happens sometimes. It's true. Um, other people say that none of the pictures they took in the cemetery turned out, with one commenter saying that every photo they'd taken and had developed showed up all white. Oh. Just white. Oh. Um, a few people said that they heard the sounds of heavy chains bo- being moved around, but when they looked for the source, they came up with nothing. Um, strange sounds aren't uncommon up there either. Most of the accounts I found were of people talking about the creepy sounds that they'd heard. They ranged from the sounds of the chains moving to footsteps and even sounds of a horse clomping around, like, right next to you. Um, some people even reported that they heard the horse breathing and snorting close by, but they looked around, no horses anywhere. Huh. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I could see that because it's like, it's a really small town. Right. People have horses. But they're like nope nary a horse you'd see them they're big you would they're big you would difficult to miss they are when they're close yes um of course people have also reported hearing voices uh one commenter with the initials wf shared that while they were investigating they heard disembodied whispers coming through the trees i don't like that nope do not want it do not want it. Uh, and when they listened to their EVP recorders later, they'd captured the voice of a woman asking who they were. Oh. The same voice was also allegedly captured saying this person's name multiple times and even asked them to stay in the cemetery as they were leaving. So they're walking back down the steps. They catch a voice that says, stay. I'm like, oh, mm. no. No, thank you, ma'am. No, thank you. Thank you, no, thank you. Uh, WF claims that none of these phrases were heard during the investigation, just on the recorder. They also said that they captured an animalistic growl, despite no animals being visible in the immediate area. Oh, no. Did I? Not the old growl. Don't love that. Uh, And nobody heard it, just on the recorder. But did I forget to mention that a werewolf is reportedly buried somewhere in Woodlock Cemetery? Why wouldn't there be? Because allegedly there is. Of course there is. And maybe it was him that they captured on the recording. Could be. I'm going to say yes. Because. Why not? Fucking yeah. That's rad. Yeah. Um, And it's not. Just strange noises that people have captured in the cemetery. Uh, plenty of people have reported seeing things while visiting as well. Along with the creepy eyes watching you from the trees, folks have reported seeing apparitions of people that disappeared almost as quickly as they formed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are also tons of people that claim to have seen shadowy figures moving through the trees. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. One person even claimed to have seen a 10-foot-tall shadow just standing in the woods watching. Why so tall, my guy? I don't, it's unnecessary, my it friend. It really is. You don't need to be that tall. That's, it, 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 it really you is don't, you unnecessary. You don't need to. Yeah, it's excessive. Yeah, I encountered one of those. Yeah. No. It's unnecessary. You don't. It's, you don't. It's, it's unnecessary. You, you don't. Um... So, yeah, that that big guy just standing and watching, which no Mm -hmm. thank you. 
uh, like fucking shadow Paul Bunyan. Mm-hmm. Not into it. Uh, there are also accounts of people hearing voices and the horses grunting, causing them to leave the cemetery. Um, what? Oh, yeah. So they're like, <laughs> like, my eyes were like, you're down here. I'm like, no, no, that is not I at all where really I left So anyway, they hear people's voices and the horse making horse sounds. And then they realize that they're not actually there. Okay. And they're like, well, we it's time to fucking Scooby-Doo out of here because no thanks. Bye. And then when they get down to the base of the stairs, people report turning around to look back up and seeing... A man, like the glowing figures of a man and a whole ass horse at the top of the hill, just looking down at him. Just chilling. Just like, hey, y'all. Hey. Uh, which just, again. Just a dude and his horse. Yikes. Um, the man. Ghost has, man and just his a, ghost horse. Just a ghost man and a ghost horse. The man has also been seen around the area and is usually wearing a long trench coat. Uh, some people say that once they leave the cemetery, they look back up and can see lights even though no one is up there anymore. Mm. Like, some people are, like, they kind of look like flashlights moving around, but there's nobody up there. Huh. Um, so Norma Smith, a board member of the Davisville Historical Society, claims that the lights are nothing more than security lights that are triggered by motion, which makes sense, but why weren't they triggered when the people were in the cemetery? Um, that makes more sense. Yep. I am also fairly sure that those are going to be stationary lights that are blinding as fuck. Mm-hmm. So why are the lights that people are talking about smaller and not burning their retinas out again whilst they're inside of the cemetery? Crescents. Crescents. So, yeah, they're like, it looked... Crescents. One of the people was talking about how they saw them, and they're like, it looked kind of like flashlights... But it definitely was not. Right. Uh, unfortunately, the Woodlock Cemetery is now private land and is locked up with a padlocked gate. You can always ask the folks at the Historical Society if you can take a look around, but don't expect to get in there without permission, especially at night. The ghostly eyes in the woods aren't the only ones watching you. No, ma'am. Some of those eyes are attached to locals with guns. Oh, fuck. Yes. Uh, you used to be able to ask the folks running the Pucky Huddle General Store if you could go up to the cemetery. But according to their Facebook, it appears that as of 1-15-22, they've decided to close up shop for good. Uh-uh. Um, and to end on a creepy note, Martin Krusen owned the land that the cemetery is on at one point, And it just so happens that he made wax figures and ran the Life of Christ Wax Museum. Sweet dreams. Absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Life of Christ. Life of Christ Wax Museum. Girl. Man owned a cemetery as well. And the fucking Life of Christ Wax Museum. Why is there a Life of Christ Wax Museum? What's in there? Why is there a Life of Christ anything? It was, uh, it, again, it is a very, 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 very teeny tiny town. But what's in the fucking museum? The it, wax museum. Like a... House of Wax, Christ, Jesus, a, a Jesus. Uh, one, I there's not. I could not find. God damn it! I could find next to no information about this uh, wax museum because I, I too wanted to know what the fuck was in there. But there is no official information. There was a mention in an old newspaper article that was posted in Facebook, but it wasn't like 
talking about, it was just talking about Martin Krusen and his family. Uh, but apparently he was very, very good at creating these lifelike, terrifying wax figures. There was, I know that he made an Elvis. So was Vincent Price in House of Wax. Exactly my point as to why, of course, that's terrifying that that man owned a cemetery. Uh, apparently Marty Krusen was a super cool old dude. Um, I know he made an Elvis, and a couple of the wax figures he made were actually on display in other towns. Mm. Uh, But as far as what was in that, his museum, I do not know. I do not know, because I could not find it. And why is it named that? I'm assuming it was just like a little religious attraction. Like a little religious roadside attraction. Which is going to be a wonderful segue into my story. Which sounds absolutely horrifying. Like, that is not a roadside attraction I would want to stop in. Lies. I would. I would. No. Just because it sounds so horrifying. Yeah, but I, number one, I'm brown in the middle of nowhere in East Jesus, Missouri. Already strike one against me. If I stop in a town, I am, it's going to be fucking Paris Hilton. In 2005's House of Wax. House of Wax. I'm going to get a fucking metal pipe just shoved right through my face. And then I'm going to get turned into one of the wax figures, and it's going to be terrifying. Okay. It's going to be awful. No, thank you. I just, I don't want to. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I did one of the comments, because there is a Facebook page for the Pucky Huddle General Store, and I did, in fact, peruse to find any kind of information Pucky Huddle. Pucky Huddle. To find any information about this wax museum. And the only comment I found, aside from, like, three words in this old newspaper article, was um, one woman commented that her grandma used to run a salon and would give the hair clippings to Marty Krusen for his scary wax people. (laughs) I hate that. I hate everything about what you just said. I know. I hate it all. I know. And there were a lot of people that talked about like how they remember visiting that place as kids. And someone said they were from a neighboring town and they went to the wax museum for a field trip. And then somebody else said that Marty Krusen had a pool and told all the neighborhood kids that they could go swimming anytime. <laughs> I don't But like that is that. that is all the information I have about it. I I I spent, I think I spent more time looking for that information than it took me to write this whole thing. Well, you just go right through your sources and I'm going to run to the loo right quick. I shall. Say them slow. (laughs) So I've got Wikipedia, uh, Facebook.com. There were a couple of of Facebook pages. Uh, GhostQuest.net, FindAGrave.com, Geocaching.com. Newspapers.com, MissouriGhosts.net, TheShadowlands.net, Collections.shsmo.org, Files.usgwarchives.net, uh, MissouriHauntedHouses.com. But yeah, uh, yeah, I made sure to emphasize that it is absolutely not, it is private property. <laughs> you don't do not go there. Do not trespass do because not go there. you might get shot for realsies. So here's the thing. Yes. Trespass if you want to get shot. If, yes. If you want to get shot, if you feel fucking, like getting shot, go for it. Absolutely. Uh, but again, you can ask 
to go to the cemetery and look around, but... They may tell you no. They may tell you no. They may tell you yes. They may absolutely tell you yes. But if you're trying to get shot... If you are trying to get some buckshot in, in your, your ass... In your ass. get in there. Then just, you know... And it's... I'll have to find the picture again, because it looks very creepy. Like, I've never seen a cemetery like this before. Mm-hmm. It's, again, on a hill, um, and there's a stone archway uh-huh. at the base of the hill, and then the stone steps that you go up. I'm like, huh. But yeah, it's just a little, little tiny family plot that is now completely overrun. But yeah, I mean, it looks, it looks spook. It probably is. It looks a lot spookier than it probably is. Because in our experience, cemeteries are the last place that people want to be. And if you want a bullet to the face. I mean, there's that too. Well, I meant the people buried there, but also that. Well, that was good. Thank you. That was a nice, nice little short magort. Love that. I have a story that's not short. No. It's not at all. That's why I had to go pee. It was like, hmm, I could go pee now while she does her sources, or I could pee all over this nice man's chair. Please don't. I prefer if you didn't do the one. See, I didn't. I went. I I am a nice man. That is my chair. I went to the loo. (laughs) So, (sighs) let me adjust myself. You always sound like someone is just myself. Just, just like. (sighs) Well, I got this fucking story, guys. You guys, but I do. (laughs) So, if any of y'all out there in listening land live in Vista or Valley Center, California, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Plymouth, Massachusetts, or Boulder, Colorado, to name just a few U.S. cities, or Kyoto, Japan, or San Sebastian, Spain, uh, you may have heard of a cool 24-hour joint called the Yellow Deli. There's some in the U.K., too. There's... But I will get there. And if you live in any of those places or any of the other 15 cities and towns that have a yellow deli in the United States, then you probably know what I'm about to talk about. And if you don't, well, I'm here to tell y'all that all of these locations are owned by one entity, an American cult called the Twelve Tribes. So, the 12 tribes, formerly known as the Vine Christian Community Church, the Northeast Kingdom Community Church, the Messianic Communities, and the Community Apostolic Order. I got that word out this time. You did. Good job. So, is a religious movement, a.k.a. a cult, that was founded in Chattanooga, Tennessee, by a man named Gene Spriggs, who went by his Hebrew name, Yonek. Or the appointed one, but he is now dead. I will get there. Uh, It sprang out of the Jesus movement back in 1972. What was the Jesus movement, you ask? Yes. Well, it was an evangelical Christian movement, which began on the West Coast of the U.S. in the late 60s, early 70s, and primarily spread throughout North America, Europe, and Central America before it subsided in the late 1980s. Members of the movement were called Jesus People or Jesus Freaks, which is where we get that term from. The Jesus Movement also left a legacy that included the formation of various denominations, as well as other Christian organizations, 
and it also influenced the development of both the contemporary Christian right and the Christian left. So the tribes has also been referred to as the Yellow Deli people, but more often they are informally referred to as the community. I will refer to them as the cult or the tribes. So uh, they've recently been brought to the forefront of the media due to the recent fire that just tore through Colorado last month. Mm. Y'all remember that big fire that was Mm -hmm. happening in Colorado? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well... um, That fire started December 30th and was among the most damaging in Colorado's history, destroying nearly a thousand homes and forced tens of thousands of residents to evacuate. Well, it seemed to have started on the Colts Colorado property. So there's that. Mm. The origins of the 12 tribes movement can be traced back to a ministry for teenagers, which was called the Light Brigade in 1972. The ministry opened out of a small coffee shop called The Lighthouse in the home of Gene Spriggs and his wife, Marcia. The Light Brigade, of course, began living communally because it was fucking 1972. That was the jam. I lived on a commune shortly with my father in 1974. Um, anyway, then they opened a restaurant called The Yellow Deli. All of the members at the time were attending several different churches, but then they decided that they're all going to join one church, and that was the First Presbyterian Church. Members of the Light Brigade, while affiliated with First Presbyterian, caused some friction within their new church by bringing in anyone who was willing to come with them, which included members of different social classes and racial groups, which at the time was not necessarily cool, and if y'all will remember my coverage of the People's Temple, sounds like they were trying to do a good thing by being inclusive, but it also sounds real fucking Jim Jonesy. Mm-hmm. On January 12th, 1975, the group arrived at First Presbyterian to do their holy rolling, only to find out that the service had been canceled due to the Super Bowl. They were shooketh and not at all cool with that. They said, fuck the football. We do not roll on Shabbos. And they decided to start their own motherfucking church called the Vine Christian Community Church, which then branched out to three other states. And all three of those churches had their own yellow deli. I I appreciated that very much, by the way. You are so welcome. It's true, though. We do not roll on Shabbos. (laughs) Show me Shabbos! I watched that the other day. I love that fucking movie. So let's... Before I do anything else, get into their beliefs for a bit before I move on. The 12 tribes belief system looks a lot like Christian fundamentalism. Mm -hmm. Did I say that right? Fundamental. Yep, Yep. I think I did. Anyway, which means that they believe in strictly upholding the literal, literal, that's not a word. It's not. Literal interpretation of scripture, which in my... Oh, no, go ahead. No, do, yeah, which in my humble opinion is a fucking problem when you can interpret one book a thousand ways to suit your fucking agenda. But what were you going to say, dear? They believe in nothing, Lebowski. Oh, they're nihilists. <laughs> we believe in nothing. <laughs> Anyhow, the tribes also saw all other religions as fallen, so they refused to align themselves with any denomination or movement. Bada bing, bada boom, you've got a fucking cult. They also believe that in order for the Messiah to return, the church needs to be restored to its original form 
as described in Acts 2.38 through 42 and Acts 4.32 through 37, which I'm not going to go into because I don't fucking care. (laughs) Anyway, this restoration would not merely be the restoration of the first century church. Yes, I said first century. But it would be the creation of a new Israel, which should consist of 12 tribes, which are located in 12 geographic regions. Oh, okay. So this is the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. These guys are real pieces of shit. (laughs) So part of this restoration is the return to observing the Sabbath, maintaining some of the Jewish Mosaic law, which has 613 commandments. 613, not 12, 613. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these people are fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, which included many dietary laws and the observing of very specific Jewish festivals like, I'm going to fuck this one up, Pesach, P-E-S-A-C-H, Pesach, Yom Kippur, yeah. and Sukkot. And the cult youth hold bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah celebrations. Specifically, which I find all this really fucking interesting because the group also teaches its members that the Jews were collectively responsible for the death of Christ. Mm-hmm. They're like, the Jews did all the bad shit, but we are going to completely appropriate all of their holidays and traditions. Do you get into like the weird, like white supremacy, even though they're black thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes, I will. I all will. Right. I will 100% get there. All right. All right. Yes. So. This interpretation of the prophesied restoration of Israel combined with the perceived immorality in the world naturally leads the group to believe that at the end of times is coming, though no date has been set. Shocking. As of yet. Specifically, some cults, they were like, yeah, like, you know, the Hale-Bot people. They're like, yep, nope, we're going to take ourselves out before it happens. And then it Seventh day Adventist? No, sorry. No, they just don't. Uh, do vaccinations. Seventh day Advent. And they don't cut their hair. I think that's the one where the women don't cut their hair. Yeah. Anywho, like many religious cults, the leadership of the tribes is structured as a series of councils which consists of a local, regional, and global apostolic council. And within these councils, there are teachers, deacons, deaconesses, elders, and apostles. The founder, Gene Spriggs, was highly regarded as being the first person to open up his home to the brothers and sisters, but members say that he was not regarded as the spiritual figurehead, which I'm not sure I believe that, but whatever. The cult believes that when the second coming happens, all believers that have died will be brought back for the thousand years to reign with Yahshua before the last judgment. At the end of that millennium, all of the non-believers will be judged according to their deeds and put into one of two groups, the righteous and the filthy and unjust. (laughs) The filthy and the unjust will be sent to the lake of fire while the righteous will go on into eternity and fill the universe. Now, very much like uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, okay. Same thing. When you die and the second coming happens, all that have died come back and they will live on earth all together and everyone else is burning in a fiery pit of hell. Gotcha. So naturally, members do not marry outside of their cult unless that person 
planned on joining the cult. But all marriages, regardless, have to be approved by the community before the couple can even start the courting process. And children, well, they play a very central role in the cult. Oh, boy. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> you shouldn't. Mm. The 12 tribes believe that is the it is the parent's responsibility to properly enforce a consequence for a child's sin, which most of us normal people would just consider normal kid shit, talking back, being mm. naughty, not cleaning your room, whatever. But, oh, no. The tribe members have to enforce the consequences to allow the child to maintain a state of a clean conscience. This causes the child to understand accountability of the choices he or she makes. Okay. Well, over time, the children's children will then be better equipped to deal. Where am I? Or (laughs) deal with or overcome the faults of their predecessors. So basically... You have to instill all of this in your children and then their children and then their children and they only get better with time Mm. to build a a stronger future for the cult. So this will enable future generations of the group to hopefully be the 144,000 strong of Revelation 7, which has something to do with the (laughs) Book of Apocalypse, which I also didn't look up because yet again, I don't care. Shocker to no one, I'm sure the cult children are homeschooled (laughs) and the teenagers take on apprenticeships within the group's industries, which other than the deli consist of several fucking things. They have a printing company, multiple construction companies, a chain of outdoor stores, a few organic soap and body care stores and farms, a yerba mate company, and an organic foods distribution company. The cult freely acknowledges using corporal punishment, where all parents have a reed-like rod that they beat their children with, though many former members, including children raised in the group, say punishments can include far more severe implements. And I will get there. Group members do not send their children to college, believing that college is not a healthy environment, either for learning or social development. Now, when they formed their own church in 1975, their withdrawal from the religious mainstream turned what had just been a friction-filled relationship within the churches of the area into a total outcry against them. The church started holding their own services, which they called critical mass. Sounds real Jim Jonesy. They then started appointing elders and baptizing people without any denominational authority. The deteriorating relationship between the group and the religious and secular community in Chattanooga attracted the attention of the Parents Committee to Free Our Children from the Children of God. It's a very long title. Do better. And the (laughs) Citizens Freedom Foundation, who labeled the church a cult. And they heavily attacked Spriggs as a cult leader. Who the fuck were they? Well, both of these groups were founded by a cult deprogrammer named Ted Patrick. The parent group was called Cult Awareness Words So Many. Cult Awareness Network or CAN. And Patrick founded that company in the wake of the November eighteenth, nineteen seventy eight deaths of the members of the People's Temple and the assassination of Congressman Leo J. Ryan in Jonestown, Guyana. So the tribes pretty much ignored the negative press, continued to operate its businesses, 
having opened the Aeropagus Cafe and a second local deli in downtown Chattanooga. In 1978, an invitation was received from a small church in Island Pond, Vermont, for Spriggs to come and minister there. The offer was declined, but the group was like, fuck yeah, Vermont. (laughs) Great. Let's do that. So they began moving in groups to the rural town to open a church there that they named the Northeast Kingdom Community Church. One of Ted Patrick's last deprogramming cases before he was done was in Chattanooga. It occurred in 1980 and it involved a police detective whose 27-year-old daughter had joined the cult. He had arrestifi- arrested his daughter on a falsified arrestified. Wa- arrestified. <laughs> he arrestified his daughter on a falsified warrant with the help of a local judge in order to facilitate her deprogramming. So the cult members continued to move to Vermont. They're like, we're getting the fuck out of Tennessee. They're getting onto us. Closing down all of its yellow delis and associated churches except for the one in Dalton, Georgia. After admitting that the group was deeply in debt, they then closed the Dalton church and then moved all the last remaining members to Vermont. The move combined with an initial period of economic hardship caused some of the members to leave the group, and the Citizens Freedom Foundation conducted several meetings in Barton to draw attention to the group and let locals know that a cult had fucking moved to town. Mm -hmm. The Citizens Freedom Foundation had made allegations of mind control in Chattanooga, but they were now making accusations of child abuse as well. In 1983, charges were brought against an elder named Charles Eddie Wiseman for misdemeanor assault. This combined with multiple child custody cases formed the basis of the search warrant. I'm not... It's not that these people aren't really shitty, because the cult is, but a lot of what was brought against them Mm -hmm. was digging and splitting hairs Mm -hmm. and just any kind of little nick that they could just get a claw into to try to tear him down, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't anything major. Gotcha. So on June 22nd, 1984, Vermont State Police and Social Services seized 102 children. Oh. All of which were released same day because the raid was ruled unconstitutional. Due to what the group perceived were a massive misunderstanding of the events and concerns leading up to the raid, they began reaching out within the community to try and form relationships with their new neighbors. Two months after the raid, the case against Wiseman fell apart after the main witness recanted, saying he was under duress from the anti-cult movement. Now, hard to say. He could have been under duress from the anti-cult movement, or he could have been under duress from the cult itself. Yeah. So that really... Could have gone either way. So the case was later dropped in 1985 after a judge ruled that Wiseman had been denied his right to a speedy trial. Eddie Wiseman's public defender, Gene Swatko, who had been present during the raid, later joined the cult and fucking married Wiseman. She married her, she joined the cult and married her fucking client. Okay. So by 1989, the church had become widely accepted in Island Pond and grew substantially during the 80s and 90s, opening branches in several different countries, including Canada, Australia, Brazil, Spain, Germany, Argentina, and the UK. During this expansion phase, the group used the name Messianic Communities before deciding to rename itself the Twelve Tribes. 
In June 2018, a New York State investigation into the Common Sense Farm was launched, yielding allegations of child labor after an Inside Edition article revealed children were working on the group's soap factory. Hmm. So, the, the Common Sense Farm and all of their other little skincare farms... They were selling products to Estee Lauder and like really, really big fucking names. Oh, right. No. Right. Yikes. So in 2001, the New York Post ran an article accusing the group of child labor violations and later attributed itself as having prompted the investigation. The tribes responded with a press conference at the Common Sense Farm where the alleged child labor had taken place. Which was their skin, which is where all the skincare stuff was made. The group's official statement at the press conference stated that it was a family owned business and children ought to be able to help their parents in the business while making zero apology for it. Now, when all of this came out, Estee Lauder and all of the other big skincare companies, mm-hmm. they pulled their contracts. I'll bet they did. Right. They were like, no thanks. Like, about that. So the New York State Department of Labor stated that they intended to visit all five of the 12 tribes' businesses. State Attorney General Elliot Spitz, Spitzer, Spitzer? Spitzer. Uh, Spitzer mm-hmm. yeah. asserted that the apprenticeships amounted to indentured servitude and were illegal. In Germany and France, the controversies centered on the issues of homeschooling, health, and child abuse, and religious freedom. The group had several times been in conflict with authorities in Germany and France over homeschooling their children, with a particularly long dispute between the community in Klotzenzimmern. Sure. In the municipality of Deiningen, Bavaria. <laughs> Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure, and a Bavarian and the Bavarian education authorities. So homeschooling is illegal in Germany. Oh. Interesting, I didn't know that. Yeah, with rare exceptions. So they went after them for that. Um, when fines and arrests failed to have an effect on the community, authorities granted the group the right to operate a private school on the commune's premises in 2011 under state supervision. The agreement entailed that the school would not teach sex education and evolution. Okay. So authorities revoked the school's right to operate in 2013 after they refused to answer to allegations of physical abuse and a lack of certified teaching staff. In July 2019, the FBI released a 40-page summary of the results of a closed preliminary investigation stemming from allegations of child abuse at the group's Hidden Night North Carolina property. The documents revealed the existence of other investigations over the years to include suspicions of child abuse in all of their other compounds. Hmm. There were also more bizarre allegations, including deaths that were thought to be suspicious, uh, and some deaths uh, that stemmed from weird shit during spiritual rituals, as well as unsubstantiated allegations involving founder... Yonex's conduct during his time in the military. They're digging, but still. The documents also reveal the existence of a now-closed federal investigation into whether the state of Vermont had violated the group's civil rights in the 1984 raid. On February 19, 2020, police in New South Wales, Australia, executed a search warrant as a part of a strike force on the group's Peppercorn Creek Farm property, seizing documents and other evidence in what has been a prolonged investigation into allegations of more child abuse within the group. 
On March 3, 2020, the police in New South Wales, Australia, went back for a more extensive search operation for stillborn babies reportedly buried on the property at Peppercorn Creek Farm and other of the group's properties. On March 7th, an updated report said that the body of at least one infant was found on the farm. And on January 11th, 2021, Albert Eugene Spriggs Jr., or Yonick, uneventfully passed away while visiting the Hidden Night North Carolina property. He was 83. Now, to round it all out, in early January of 2022, which we are still in, the devastating Boulder County, Colorado fire happened, and the fire marshal said almost 1,000 buildings were lost across 6,000 acres. The investigations to determine the fire's source and cause focused on the area of the tribe's marshal property in El Dorado. Wow, words, so many. El Dorado Springs Drive. Boulder County Sheriff Joe Pelle promised a thorough investigation by federal wildfire investigators, including the FBI and the Forest Service. The sheriff cautioned that the process could take weeks, if not months, and the fire investigation brought renewed scrutiny to the group. Now, around all of this out... The 12 tribes may not necessarily be a doomsday cult, but they are a cult nonetheless. For all their weird biblical shit and fake tolerance and love at the core, they are extremely racist in their teachings, and there's a very good argument to be made that many of its members are in fact slaves. So, one definition of racism is the belief that different races possess distinct characteristics, abilities, or qualities especially so as to distinguish them as inferior or superior to one another. So now, the 12 tribes believes that there are three distinct races of humanity. Oh boy. Chamites, Shemites, and Yaphatites. Yaphatites? Yaphatite. Yaphafa? Y-A-P-H-E-T-H-I-T-E. Yes. Yaphathites? Yaphathites. Chamites, Shemites, Yaphathites. So they distinguish between these three groups by using the super highly scientific method of looking at someone's skin color. Oh, bless. It's very scientific. Very. Super scientific. So if you're black, you're Chamite. If you're white, you're Shemite. If you're brown, yellow, or whatever's in between, you're a Yaphathite. This in and of itself, I would assume, would be seen by reasonable people as being fucking racist, or at the very least, extreme fucking ignorance. However, the 12 tribes take it a step further by claiming that God has cursed the Chamites, a.k.a. people with black skin, into slavery to the Shemites, white people. Now, when the cult has, and they have been, accused of being racist and teaching racism, they point to the fact that there are people of all races living within their communities and that they are all treated well. And if you have to say that, you sound fucking racist. Yeah. In the past, they have brought out many of their African-American members to say, hey, look, 
one specific uh, to speak to the public and to the press was a man named, an African-American man named John Stringer, whom they renamed Johannan Abraham. Okay. He spoke publicly in order to dispel the rumors of racism. However, despite the fact that, yes, the 12 tribes' communities are diverse, what they teach is fucking racist, and based on an article by a former member, the children in the communities who grow up being taught these things end up having an inferiority or a superiority complex based on the color of their skin. The article goes on to explain that when members first join the group, they are in fact volunteers. This is what the group will tell anyone accusing them of practicing modern-day slavery. Members are, they volunteer, they can leave anytime they want, no one is forcing them to stay. Says every fucking cult ever. But if you dig deeper, you find out that the truth is far more complicated than that. See, when you first join the 12 tribes, you're taught a watered-down version of the racist shit that they believe, and new members are expected to surrender all of their worldly possessions to the group. If you own a house, a car, a boat, a 401k, what the fuck ever... Not anymore, you don't. You sign it over to the group. Any money you possess is freely handed to the group. As a new member, you're expected to work very long hours, six days a week, without pay. And you're encouraged to sever ties with all former friends and relatives unless they want to join. And then you recruit them. So now what happens if you change your mind a year or so in when you realize that this shit just ain't for you? Well, everything you've given to the cult stays with the cult, duh. So with no money, no home, no friends, and no family to turn to, many members find it extremely difficult to leave. And they face the difficult choice. Continue to serve involuntarily for the rest of their miserable fucking life. Or... You leave and be homeless and face the threat of eternal damnation because they are all taught that if you leave the cult, you will be tormented for eternity in a lake of fire. Oh, good. Yes. So if you ever find yourself at a yellow deli or if you've ever eaten there, just remember this. Your server is not getting paid. No one working there is getting paid. And half the people there might not even want to be. They just can't think of a way out. That is the story of the 12 tribes and their fucking yellow deli cult nonsense. Yikes. You can uh, check out a show called Hate Thy Neighbor mm, mm-hmm. um, where they it's a guy who goes around the world and spends time with different extre- uh, extremist groups. Uh-huh. And he touches on the 12 tribes, and they're fucking fascinating and god-awful. Yeah, I've seen uh, videos of them doing their weird, everyone's holding their hands, dancing in a circle. Uh And then some of them are wearing all-black robes, literally Mm -hmm. like a KKK outfit, but it's all black. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All black. Yeah, they're a very, very weird group of people. Yeah. Um, They have completely appropriated everything from the Jewish faith, but then turn around and they're pretty much anti-Semitic saying that... Oh, they're horrific. And they're also like... The Jews killed Christ. Grotesquely aggressive on the street in their demonstrations. So, yeah. 
But yeah. by all means, they make a great sandwich, apparently. So, uh, yeah, if you ever eaten there, just so you know, those people aren't getting paid. They and very it, likely don't want to be there. So, there you go. Uh, my sources are many a fucking Wikipedia. Pathios.com, Sinasta J. Colucci, who is the author of Better Than a Turkish Prison, What I Learned from Life in a Religious Cult. They are... Uh, I'm assuming Sinasta is a female. I don't know, but they are uh, the ex-member of the cult. Uh, the New York Times.com, independent.co.uk, Alicia Rahman Sakar, and the Yellow Deli.com. Mm. And there you go. Very nice. I actually had not heard of them before. Oh, oh yeah, oh. they're intense. They're something. They yeah, are something. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is for sure. Good lord. They are something. So there you go. Cults. I love a good cult. I know. I do. I do. Yeah, they're they're an interesting one. I mean, not in a great way. No. Not at all. More in a sad, racist, regrettable kind of way. Yeah, they're like, we're kind of Jewish-ish. We have bar mitzvahs. We have bat mitzvahs. You have to wear dresses. They very selectively and, appropriated Jewish culture. Uh, right? It's really bizarre. Yeah. Really, really bizarre. They're like, they're all black. Yeah. Black people. Yeah. I don't get how, I I don't know how that happened. Cults. No, I know, but it's just. It, it, Mind control. It's just, it's, they, yeah. It's, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, look at Jim Jones. I mean, the majority, majority, the primary base of his congregation were African-American people. Mm. They were way more black than white. And Jim Jones was, well, yeah. I I mean, I would never, I don't know. I I wouldn't say he's racist. But he had a weird... He's certainly predatory towards black people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be, yeah. Which, I mean, is more, I think, indicative of taking advantage of people. So, when you look at statistics, black people are a lot more vulnerable because Mm -hmm. they're in economically repressed areas. So, it's a lot easier to take advantage of people who are economically repressed Mm -hmm. because you can essentially show them a fake light out of the tunnel. Yeah. Well, the 12 tribes straight up says that the Chamites, black people, were made to be slaves to white people. The end. Yeah, so that's actually it right there. And the yellows fall in the middle. Yellow and brown, somewhere in the middle. Like, what the fuck? They're preying on... uh, They're preying on high emotions. They're preying on emotional triggers. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing about cults, too. It's like you look at Nexium, and I just... How is it that all of these women are like, yep, brand me. Do the thing. Do the thing. Do the thing. Yep, nope. Brand me, but here's the thing about Nexium too. Ran by a man, a real piece of shit fucking man, but he was the grand poobah. Everyone beneath him recruiting were women. Mm-hmm. Mm. There were women preying on women for this man. That's yep. goddamn. That's that's. <laughs> we'll we'll touch on that at some point someday. <laughs> we'll get there, but yeah, right. Like what the fucking fuck? Anyhow, mm-hmm. cults. It's 
some shit. Cults. Don't do it. Don't. Stay out of there. 10 out of 10, don't recommend. <laughs> Run far away. 10 out of 10, don't recommend joining a cult unless it's mine. <laughs> I'm going to start a cult someday. It's going to be a good one, though. Is it? Yeah, it will be. Okay. Yeah, no. I believe you. Yeah, I'll just, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a good one. I think I'd be a great cult leader. I think you would too, but um, okay. Oh wow, that has so many connotations. Mm-hmm. D is me, right? But it's I am not the D. I mean, you could be. Could I uh, try harder? I don't know that I want that. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> the cult of D. Oh, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> I would be a great cult leader anyway. You want to join my cult? Let's do this. All right. Well, shit. We done done it, y'all. We did done do it. If you want to join my cult, just hit us up here at Ghosts and Hoes. I'll, I'll let you know the deets when I figure it out. Um, yeah. So uh, y'all know the drill. Yep. Rate, review, subscribe. Do that. Share, share, share. Also that. If you would like to get some exclusive motherfucking content and join my cult, go become a patron on our Patreon. Do the thing. Yep. And, uh, well, fuck it. Till next time, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye. Bye. And today, mm-hmm. hats off to the Fuck You Club. Mm-hmm. You know, fuck I, the 12 tribes. Fuck the 12 tribes of Israel. Fuck, fuck them. the 12 tribes. Those people are not You're okay. You're a horrible cult. Mine will be so much better. You guys are awful. You guys are horrible. Even, is Bob even, a member? I bet he is. There's Probably. nothing. Well, he's not black, but like uh, they have white people. They do, but I, from what I understand, it's very primarily black. They have a lot of white people. Um, and you know, uh, fuck you for not even having like anything cool or interesting about you. You're just fucking racist. Yes, you are. My cult won't be. My cult won't be racist at all. We're gonna be great. So. There you go. All right. Well, bye. 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 Butt plugs. Yes.